Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, everyone. I am here with Renee Linnell. She is the author of Still on Fire. Thank you, Renee, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yes, I'm so excited to talk to you. I just loved your book so much. You're so real and raw. And I noticed that you had another memoir before this. So I'm interested to see what inspired you to write another memoir. My readers did. Um, They were so lovely. And when they were done reading The Burn Zone, they really wanted another book. And I realized I had more to write about. I actually had a lot more to write about. So that's what inspired me. Yeah, you've been on so many amazing adventures. It's so inspirational. Do you want to talk a little bit about your personality and um, why you go, why you travel so much? (laughs) I think it's because I lost most of my family when I was young. And um And then my father died on Thanksgiving day when I was 15. And so I learned at a really young age that life can be over any moment that we never know which moment is our last. And so it made me really want to live. And so I, you know, I, I make mistakes full steam ahead as you've read about, and my life's very extreme, but when it's all over, I think I'll be kind of sitting on the finish line and going, I didn't, there was not one thing that I wanted to do that I didn't do. Yeah, that's an important message for people. Rather than just sitting and waiting for life to unfold in front of you, you kind of just take the bulls by the horn and you go and make life happen. I do. I I was lost when I was kind of going through my formative years, um, trying to figure out why we're here and what's the purpose. And it can't just be becoming famous and rich and having a good looking partner. <laughs> um, I thought there has to be more to life than that. And I knew that kind of the traditional trajectory didn't work for me, that having a job and getting married and having kids and a big house, I didn't really want any of that. I wanted peace and I wanted joy. And so I went after that, um, I guess, with everything in me, trying to find peace and trying to find joy. Yeah. And, And surfing is a big part of your life. Talk a little bit about that. Are you still doing that? I am. Life moved me to the mountains of Colorado, where there's population 2,000 people, which is so healing and peaceful and nurturing. And I never probably would have chosen to move here um, because I'm such an ocean girl and a surfer. But then I realized I'm surfing mountains when I'm snowboarding, that I'm surrounded by water. It still falls from the sky. And then I do still surf. I go down to Mexico and California and Hawaii. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Oh gosh. It's not, you're living the life. You're living the dream. <laughs> One of the things that struck me was your, the animal messengers that you have. Romeo, talk about Romeo. Oh, Romeo is so amazing. He's this magnificent buck that comes to visit me. He's come three summers in a row now and he sleeps outside my office window and he puts his nose up against the window and he looks for me and then he kind of rests there all day and he leaves at sunset. 
And he usually appears in June and he stays until September. And I get to watch his beautiful antlers go from small and velvety to large and velvety to large and pointy and then really <laughs> huge and sharp. And that's when he disappears. Um, and he's just is such a love. And then a female deer started coming to visit me and she had a broken ankle and she healed her ankle. It was compound fractured. And then she came back this last summer and had a baby. So it's oh just gosh. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you think they're trying to tell you? I think that Romeo is my horse from a Japanese past life that I remember. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're also telling me um, something about my energy, the energy of my home, because the foxes hang out at my home and kind of the elk come by and, and I have neighbors nearby. It's not like I live in the middle of nowhere, but they all yeah. seem to feel safe around my home. And, and they always remind me that life is magic and that mm -hmm. there's so much more to life that, that we don't know the, I guess the realm of the invisible, I think is more powerful than the realm of the visible. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this whole message about healing, being able to heal yourself. I just, I love that because I've had some ailments in my life that I don't know how I did it, but I, and the doctors don't know how I did it, but I was able to heal myself without medication. It was just a, a meant a mental, emotional thing. And I, can you talk more about this? Because you've been able, you recognize this as well. I do. And the, the wild thing is that we all recognize this. We watch yeah. our cuts heal. We know that we went from ball of cells to fetus, to infant, to child, to adult. We watch our hair grow and our nails grow. Our bones repair themselves. And yet we've bought into this paradigm that our body can't heal itself. And, and I love Western medicine for emergencies. You know, I'm so grateful to live in a country where I have access to good health care. But I think, unfortunately, through Western medicine and the pharmaceutical industry, we've all been kind of brainwashed to believe that we can't heal on our own and that we need them to help us. And, you know, if we were all healthy, both of those industries would go out of business. And, <laughs> yeah. and, you, and for people who are interested, there are so many books and so many stories out there on spontaneous healing of tremendous disease. People, you know, Anita Morjani with her book, Dying to Be Me, um, she talks about having stage four cancer, shutting down all her organs and going into a coma. And she came back and healed herself. And, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza was run over by an SUV and dragged and he healed his whole body. I mean, so, so there are so many examples of spontaneous healing, but we have to believe that our body's natural state is a state of well-being, And then we have to look at why we're out of balance, you know, where the, where the blockages are or why the accident happened, understand the soul profile of the disease or the accident, and yeah. then heal from there on a soul level. Yeah. It, you know, it's, if you go inside and you, you meditate or you think you can figure out what, why you're going through something, your body, your mind will tell you, right. and it might not be instantaneous, but eventually you'll figure out what is causing this. And once you figure that out and you find a way to heal from that emotional or um, mental image, then you can heal. 
I completely believe that. And I believe every dis-ease and every seeming accident has come along as a wake-up call. There's something that yeah. we have to pay attention to that we're not paying attention to. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Another thing that you um, believe in that I also believe in is numbers and your number is four. So can you talk more about that? The number four was always my father's favorite number. And I was such a daddy's little girl that it was my favorite number. And so in really pivotal times in my life, the number four has shown up And then one time I found out that the reason his favorite number was four, after my father passed away, a friend of his told me that he, because he wasn't, my father was in five invasions in World War II Mm -hmm. as captain of a landing craft infantry vessel. And in the Battle of Elbe, the Americans thought that the Germans were not there already. And so they sent the ships in and my father was fourth in line. And the Germans had already arrived and the first three ships were annihilated. And my father was able to turn his ship around and save everybody on board. So that's why four was so important to him. And then in Still on Fire, I have a few examples of how four has shown up in my life too, when it's really needing to show me something. Yeah. Yeah. I... I have, I don't have a particular number. I think one in a series of ones has shown up a lot, but I like the whole sequence. Like I love seeing three, 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 four, 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 five, five, five. Like, and I just attribute them to angel numbers and signs that I need to pay attention to something. Well, and I believe when we see like one, 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 two, 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 like that, it's a sign that we're in alignment, you know, because you think those numbers are aligned, all those uh, similar numbers together. Yes. Yes. So talk about your journey with men. That is a huge part of your book. So let's dive into that. Okay. Where shall we begin? I know my terrible choices or all the lessons I learned (laughs) or all the fun I had. It's really all of the above. Yeah. Well, whatever you want to talk about. I would just say, one of the ways I was trying to find peace and joy in my life was through romance and kind of going after the bad boys because they were exciting and interesting and then being heartbroken when it didn't work out. Um, and then picking really good men, but then getting bored because they were so predictable and they loved me so much. And then going kind of after bad love, um, abusers, psychologically, emotionally, um, energy vampires, narcissists, all of it. And what I finally learned after heartbreak and heartbreak and heartbreak is that I have to give myself what I'm looking for from without, from outside of myself. Um, I finally had to truly love myself, see myself as beautiful, nurture myself, buy myself the flowers and the nice dinners and light the candles and wear the lingerie and do everything for myself that I wanted a man to come into my life and do for me or bring out an essence, a feminine essence in myself for myself, not for a man. Um, And then the most lovely men have found their way in, including the one who ends still on fire. Yes. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but that ending is amazing. And everybody should read your book. (laughs) It is so amazing. We, I don't want to talk about it here because I want people to read your book. That is, it is just so amazing. Thank you. Incredible. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, and I think that, and I write about it because it should give everybody who's looking for a, a partner, you know, a romantic partner, hope that that person is not only out there, but the pathway to that person really is already laid out for us. It's just a, a matter of honoring and following the signs and loving ourselves. Yeah. There are so many, oh gosh, this is one I really want to talk about. So, and I had I've read so many books about like uplifting messages and advice and everything. And I, I have never heard this and I want to address it. So you talk about opt outs, opt outs in life. And you, I think you had a, a, you'll have to talk about one of the experiences, but talk about what an opt out is. I had not heard about opt-outs until I had a near-death experience. And after the near-death experience, wanted to change everything in my life. And that experience coincided with a phone call I had scheduled with a woman who reads the Akashic Records. And the Akashic Records are everything, supposedly, everything that has ever happened or will ever happen in the life of a soul. And I was allowed to ask her five questions. And so I started off with what happened to me yesterday just because the day before I had been snowboarding down a mountain that had 18 inches of fresh snow and I hit a buried boulder and I went flying into the air and then I landed on my head, ducked my neck and rolled out of it. I should have been killed and I wasn't, but I didn't tell her any of that. I just said, what happened to me yesterday? And she said, Renee, ski accidents happen all the time. Nobody asks questions. Your soul had scheduled an opt out and you decided to stay. And when you decided to stay, you decided to get on your true path. And I had goosebumps run up and down my whole body when I heard that. And I realized I ducked my neck and I rolled out of it. If I had not ducked my neck, I would have broken my neck and died. And she didn't know that I was on a ski trip. She didn't know anything about that. Um, And then I realized the very last thing I had done before I got on the plane was redo my will and have it notarized. So my soul knew that that was coming. And she explained that opt-outs, that our souls schedule opt-outs in our lifetime, and they're the accidents that happen out of nowhere or the you know sickness that turns into death overnight. And it's when we're tired and we don't want to be here or we're going through a really hard time. Um, our soul has scheduled before we entered that we could leave and go home. Yeah. Which is fascinating. That is so <laughs> fascinating. I started to look over my life and be like, where were the opt-outs? <laughs> I, I don't know where they were or are, but um, I'm thinking by now I should have some. <laughs> well, and I write about in Still on Fire two other ones that happened yeah. to me. And then when I look back, I realize all three of those times that I had those near-death experiences, which were opt-outs, I realize, um, I was going through very, very, very tough times where part of me did not want to be here anymore. Yeah. And you chose to stay. And and then, (laughs) so then you have like a new lease on life. And I I think that happens to a lot of people who with near-death experiences, they're they're like, okay, I was saved for some reason. So what am I going to do now? Kind of thing. Well, and I also think when we're looking at you know, life could have been over or should have been over. All the nonsense goes away. You know, what do I look like? Does so-and-so think I'm hot? You know, are my clothes as nice as that other person's or whatever? So-and-so at work is causing drama. And you suddenly, when you compare that with not being here anymore, none of that matters. You're just so happy to wake up and 
have another day, even of the nonsense. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I've been I've been sick with just like the flu or whatever. And and I do feel that way right afterwards, after I've healed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, all these things that I, I thought were so important aren't important anymore. You know, right. that is so true. That is so true. So talk about um, some themes in your book. The core themes are magic, miracles, travel, and romance. And I guess the, the number one underlying thread is that we are here in these bodies for such a short amount of time. Each one of us is unique. There are 8 billion of us on the planet, and we're the only version of us there is. So what the heck are we doing trying to be like other people or feeling like we're not okay because the media tells us we have to be different to be okay? You know, why are we trying so hard to be who the world tells us we're supposed to be when we're here for such a short amount of time and we get to do it our way? And each one of us was born with the things we love and the things we're good at and the things that bring us joy and the things that light us up. So why are we not following that breadcrumb trail of, you know, clues to total joy and happiness? Why are we so obsessed with what everyone else is doing and how we don't compare to them? And so my book takes the reader kind of on my journey through all my trials and tribulations and also through fantastic adventures um, as I find myself and as I stop betraying myself and peel off the facades that the world told me I need to be and start being more and more authentic. And, and in doing so, I hope that the reader takes away, you know, oh my gosh, like she did all of that and she survived. I can go sign up for this course or ask this person out or quit my job and somehow it's all going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, the universe finds a way to support you. And yeah. that's kind of what I got from your book as well. It's constantly looking for ways to support us, but we're not listening. You know, we're not paying attention. We're glued to our cell phones and or watching TV or whatever it is. And, and then we're on the wrong path. We're working jobs we hate or in relationships that are sucking the life out of us. And then we're wondering why we can't hear the universe. And it's kind of like, well, you know, the universe is talking to us on the level of bliss and joy and freedom. And if we're stuck bogged down in the vibration of fear and self-doubt and hatred and anger and lack, we, we can't hear it. Um, yeah. But it's like, as soon as we take that leap of faith into something that our heart has been telling us to do forever, we suddenly, the universe just jumps in to support us every way possible. Yeah. I love that message. I, everybody needs to hear that. <laughs> and Paulo and Coelho said it so well in his beautiful book, The Alchemist. He said, um, the entire universe conspires to help us when we start to follow our heart. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. So who do you think would benefit most from your book? Oh, that's a tough question. I definitely think people who are feeling sad and lost inside, um, women who are struggling with relationships, people who are kind of just bored with life or um, have been told too much that they can't, or it's not possible to live a life they love or have joy, people who feel lost. Um, I think anyone who's just looking for a lighthearted, uplifting, joyful read, I've been told it's a page turner, which is it such is. good feedback. <laughs> it is. I actually... I had two copies and I ended up giving one to a woman that I thought she would 
you resonate with the message too. So thank you. Um, yeah, I I just loved your book. So thank you. Yeah, it it, it uh, it's it's one of those books you can pick up again, you know, and get get something out of differently the next time you read it. That's what I've been told, even by my friends who have kind of lived those stories with me. They, they've said yeah. that. They said, you know, I want to read it again because there's so much in there um, that it's kind of needs a couple read throughs to sink in. You know, I love the title too, Still on Fire. I'm going to show it again for those who are watching. So talk about how did you come up with the title? So the first book, I have a copyright here. Um, ah, my headphones. <laughs> the first book is The Burn Zone. Um, okay. Here it is. Okay. I'm such a good designer. Yeah. Um, and the publisher, She Writes Press, came up with that title, which is perfect for that book. And then when I was finishing the book tour uh, for The Burn Zone, the opening of Still on Fire is this romantic situation that I found myself in. And I was texting my girlfriends from the plane saying, you know, should I, shouldn't I, what do you think? And they said, oh my gosh, yes. And you are still on fire, woman. And <laughs> they're like, the burn zone is not over. You are still on fire. And so that's how I came oh, up with that title. That's wonderful. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So where can people find more about you? On my website, renelanel.com. Okay, yeah. great. And where can people find your book? At any bookstore. Any bookstore will order it or have it, um, you know, IndieBound, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's really okay. easy to find. And if they don't have it in stock, they'll order it. Okay. And I love the um, picture of you on the front. Thank you. That's in her image photo out of um, Northern California. They took that. Oh, cool. They're Very great. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I loved our conversation. Thank you, Annie. It was lovely to be here. I loved our conversation too. Good. And um, I think I had to pick up the burn zone too. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told it's a page turner. Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time. Part of the ACAST community.